Amen. Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church. Hallelujah. And the Lord good to us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God is so good. What a God we serve. What a God we serve. Amen. Amen. Now you leave with expectation. You leave with expectation. You leave with expectation. If you prayed, if you brought it to God, that it's going to be gone. It's going to melt away. The devil's going to say, I've been toying with your brain for 30 years about that. Well, I just gave that stronghold to Jesus. And guess what? It's being uprooted. The branches are being trimmed and the whole thing's going to fall off. Boom. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Either he's a wounded heart healer or he's not. Amen. Either he is who he said he would be or we got to go find someone else to serve. Hallelujah. Amen. It's so um, exciting to go into God's house to meet with God's people. Many things happen in the course of a service. And so much of it depends on our faith and our ability to um, have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. Because if you don't hear what the Spirit is saying, you certainly won't have a heart to respond to it. If you can't hear, how can you respond with obedience and faith? And so we're thankful for lives that were touched right in praise and worship. And before we read our, our text, we just want to have a, um, a short prayer. One of our dear um, brothers from Ohio, Brother Palmer, he was an assistant superintendent up there. And I know we got many people that snowbird here from Ohio. He was um, the number two guy in their state. That's what that means. And he had a car wreck and he's with the Lord now. And uh, much too young, but we want to just pray for Brother Palmer's family. Can we do that? As God's setting us free, we want to send our prayers to Ohio that the Lord will just comfort that family and help them through. You see, there's mountaintops and there's valleys. Amen? And if you know the Lord, either way, it's victory in Jesus. Amen? Either way, we're going to praise Him, sometimes in tears and sometimes with shouts or we can barely contain ourselves, but He's worthy always. He's faithful continually. So pray with me. Father, we lift up the Palmer family from Ohio. Lord, we ask that you would just undergird them at this time. The children and the the wife, that you would strengthen them and pour grace and mercy and love upon them. Father, help them during this time of their loss. Be their strength. Minister to their hearts and bring them through. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you'd go to Psalm um, chapter 9, and we'll start reading there, reading just a few verses. This is part two of what we began last week, the blessings of His name, the blessings of His name. Psalm 9 and verse 10. Psalm 9 and verse 10. The Bible says, Those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Got to know that name. Amen? Know what it means. Know what it represents. Know what it encourages. Know that name. Now, if you would, Psalm 5 and verse 11. Psalm 5 and verse 11. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. If you know that name, you're going to love that name. Amen? Jesus is the sweetest name I know. You know that name. You're going to love that name. And now if you would, Proverbs 18 
and verse 10. Proverbs 18 and verse 10. Some of you all, we've sang this song and didn't know it was in the book. Well, it's in the book. The name of the Lord that we know and love, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run to it and are safe. This is part two of this sermon. The goal being to look at different names of our Lord because God's names denote His, His character and His will and His purpose, His activity, His attributes. And they reveal to us who our Heavenly Father is, how we can please Him, and what we can expect from Him. His heart is expressed in His names. In His names as we understand His names. It should help us in our walk. It should inspire us in our worship. It should strengthen us in our spiritual warfare to know His names and to know His will and to understand what He has said, I will be and I shall be and I desire to be for you. With every name, with every revelation that God gave, He was introducing Himself to man. And the name expressing who He is and what He desires to do, what He desires to be. Very simple, very, very simple. The angel said to Joseph, You shall call His name Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins. Jesus means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. That's His name. But He wants to be a Savior to you. He wants to be a Redeemer to you. He wants to be one that can forgive you and transform you. His name is the Lord saves because He wants to save all who will come to Him. Can you say Amen? Amen. When God gives us His name, He is highlighting. He is emphasizing. He is communicating something about Him. He wants us to know and He wants us to experience. And through God's names, He's saying to His people, He's saying to you, He's saying to me, I want to be this to you and I want you to know this about me. Every name He bears is a blessing that He shares. And we looked at Proverbs 18 and verse 10 and the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. Think about that for a moment. In our text, His name, it's likened to a strong tower, a place of shelter, of security, a place of safety that lifts us up above the storms that try to destroy us and shields us from the power of the waves that will try to throw us down, protects us from the arrows that the enemy hurls against us. The name of the Lord is pictured as a mighty tower, a mighty fortress, that we can run to in our hour of trouble and find the grace and protection, the comfort we need when the battle is on. Last week, we looked at three names of God. We looked at number one, Jehovah Nissi. Jehovah Nissi. That's the Lord, my banner. And that should bring confidence into our lives because it says the Lord goes before us and the Lord fights for us. The Lord leads us so we can walk confidently in this life. Whether you know what tomorrow holds or not, you know the Lord goes before you. Therefore, you can walk with confidence. You can walk with certainty. You can walk with peace that passes understanding. Secondly, we looked at Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our peace. The Lord our peace. And that should bring great comfort to our hearts. Because it tells us in the face of conflict, in the midst of chaos, God is our peace. And the Lord's attitude and His Word towards you and I, peace. My attitude towards you is peace. Blessing. Favor. Grace. Thirdly, we looked at Jehovah Rophe. The Lord our healer. The One who heals us. 
That should bring great expectation to our hearts. That should bring an expectation as we live this life. Because Jesus Christ is a healer. Jesus Christ heals physically, emotionally, and spiritually. There is a healer for the sins and sorrows, for the sufferings of men. And His name is Jesus. And we walk with that expectation. He's going to heal us here. And ultimately, He will heal us on that day when we're free forevermore from this life and from these fallings. Can you say amen? This week, let's look at three more names that we need to know and trust that God wants us to run to in our time of trouble. You know, as we were, as I was going through studying for these lessons, I was reminded of a story, a true story, about a man that after World War II, he bought a um, painting at a flea market and he couldn't recognize the signature on it. And he just stored it in his attic for almost 50 years, some 40, 50 years. And then finally he went um, to Zurich and he had it appraised. Well, it wound up to be a previously unknown still life by Vincent van Gogh. It was worth millions. And until then, the historians didn't even know it existed. And all that time, this multi-million dollar valuable painting was just in the attic gathering dust. He didn't recognize it. I thought about that and said, Oh Lord, help us to recognize what we possess as sons and daughters of God. Help us to recognize the riches of His grace and the greatness of His salvation and the benefits we have as children of God. Help us to recognize His greatness and His glory. Help us to recognize the revelation of His name. Of His name. Number one, let's begin in Genesis 17, 1 and 2. Genesis 17, 1 and 2. And this is going to be El Shaddai, God Almighty. The first name the Lord wants to talk to you and I about this morning is El Shaddai or God Almighty. The Bible says when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you, and I will greatly increase your numbers. Now, Abraham was 99 years old. The definition here is the all-powerful God, the all-sufficient God who can do anything and meet any need. And our story is simply this. Abraham had gone some 13 years of really silence from heaven. God hadn't talked with him. And God had promised him some 20 years before that he would have a son, that him and his wife Sarah would have a child. And Abraham struggled with that. He tried to bring it to pass one time with his own strength, out of his own wits. And you know the result was Ishmael. But now God's time had finally come. And God was getting ready to bring His promise to pass. And here's Abraham. Abram, he's 99 and his wife is 89. And they've tried and tried for decades and decades. And God's getting ready to do a miracle. But before God resurrects Sarah's womb, He has to resurrect both of their faith. And the way He does this is by revealing Himself to them as El Shaddai, the Almighty God. You see, faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. And as God reveals Himself to us, it ought to cause our faith to come alive. It ought to cause our faith to become a little stronger. He says, Abraham, I'm El Shaddai. I am the Almighty God. I am the all-powerful God. I am the all-sufficient God who can do anything and meet any need. He's saying, Abraham, there is nothing too hard for me, so you just walk blameless before me. 
You just keep walking uprightly and you just keep walking confidently and faithfully. And above all, Abraham, believe. Keep on believing. Don't stop believing for Abraham. I am God Almighty. Therefore, don't doubt me. Don't let that long season sway your devotion or weaken your resolve. Don't let the weight damage or erode your faith. For if God said it, He will do it. If God spoke it, He will bring it to pass. Abraham, God is saying, Abraham, my son, I know it's been a long, hard trial of your faith, but my name is El Shaddai. I am the Almighty God, and I'm not limited by the things that limit you. I'm not limited by the circumstances without you or the fears within you. I'm God Almighty. And if I gave you a promise, not only am I willing to do it, I am certainly capable of doing it. I am able and I'm faithful and I'm going to bring my promise to pass in your life. Can you say amen? El Shaddai reminds us this morning that God keeps His promises. In this 17th chapter, 12 times God says, I will. I will, I will. What a God. A willing God, a faithful God, a good God, an all-sufficient God. He keeps His promises. He's faithful to His Word. He's able to do what He said He would do. And He did. You know the story. He did. After some out 25 or so years, this promise comes to pass and He's 100 and she's, you know, 80, she's 90 and they have a son. Because God says, I'm Almighty. And there's nothing that hinders me from doing my will in your life. You might have to, as the prophet said, you might have to wait and tarry. But that's all right. You wait for it to come. Because it will surely come if it was God who had decreed it. Dear ones, let us know that name and trust in that name. Let us allow the name El Shaddai to stir our faith this morning and to inspire us to trust God and believe God and to live life with a great expectation that if God said it, He will do it. If God promised it, He will bring it to pass. He's not limited by the things that limit us. He is not hindered by the things that hinder man. For He's not a man that He should lie, nor the Son of Man that He'll change His mind. He's a great God. He's a faithful God. He's a sovereign. God, I want you to wrap your arms of faith around the promise of God. Give Him praise in advance, but stand firmly knowing that the one who spoke it is not a theologian. The one that spoke it is not a psychiatrist. The one that spoke it is El Shaddai, the God Almighty who has no limits. He knows no boundaries, who is fully able to do all that He promised to do. Somebody give God a praise. Hallelujah. You see, we serve the Almighty God. We don't serve a statue. We don't serve a philosophy. We don't serve someone that died and they can find his bones somewhere. We serve the living God. And so He calls us to walk with Him and stand upon His Word. And let's never be weakened or waver, given to the doubts or fears that would try to quench our faith. Let's not try to take matters into our own hands. Instead, let's acknowledge His name. Let's believe this truth. And instead of restlessness and doubt, let's be still and know that He is God. He is Almighty God and He will come through for His people. As we run to this tower and we pray, as we look by faith to this name, we pray, Lord, let impossible situations be reversed today. Lord, let long-awaited promises come to pass today. 
Let resurrection power be released in someone's heart and mind today. Somebody receive a touch from God. You don't have to have another sleepless night. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's going to give you rest as you look to Him. No longer be afraid of that thing. That thing has no power. It's a lie of the devil. But the Lord is your shield and the Lord is your shepherd. And the Lord is the one that will protect you. Fear not, but trust in the Lord. Fear not, but believe the one that saved you is the one that's with you always, holding you and keeping you and protecting you. Get a good night's sleep and walk free of that fear. For Jesus is your burden bearer. And Jesus will set you free. El Shaddai, our God Almighty. Sometimes we live like we don't have a God that's Almighty. Oh, I'm the Rosha, Kandoromota. He's Almighty. He's Almighty. Amen? You gotta press your claim. You gotta hold on to the violent, take it by force. There is a faith that has an action to it. There is a faith that fights to believe and stand. Hallelujah. El Shaddai is the first thought this morning. Second thought is Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. Look at Genesis 22. Let's start with verses 7 and 8. And then we'll go to verses 13 and 14. Abraham, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, remember the story? Okay. Yes, my son Abraham replied. He said, well, the fire is here and the wood is here. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. And the two went on together. When you know God's going to see to it, you can walk on. Come on, say amen. Verse 13 and verses 14. They finally got there. And Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by his horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, when this testimony was heard in that day, people, it became so proverbial that people used to just say, on the mountain of the Lord will be provided. It became almost like a saying and a proverb among the people, this miracle. And they basically meant, hey, do what God told you to do and God will show up when you need Him. Amen? Walk the way God's called you to walk and God will be there when you need Him. On the mountain of the Lord. That's the mountain of obedience. That's the mountain of faith. That's the mountain of sincerity. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. If you're looking for a provision, just make sure you're at where God wants you to be and you're doing what God wants you to do. Then don't worry about a thing. Then walk on giving Him praise for the Lord who saw to it will make a way, will provide the need, will answer your cry. Let's look at this together. Here's the story. Now, the definition is very simple. The God who sees and the God who provides. Because of His vision, He makes provision. As one theologian put it, the Lord will see to it. When Abraham said, the Lord will provide, the Lord will see to it, son. The Lord will see to it. God's going to take care of it. God's going to take care of it. You ever said that? God's going to take care you know, you, God's going to take care Isn't that right? Everyone's giving you bad reports. You couldn't figure out what to do in the natural, but one thing you knew, God will take care of it. Amen? When I've done all I can do, God will take care of it. I've done my part. You know, I'm not being... God will take care of it. Now, here's the story. It's a moving picture of obedience in the hard place. And it's also a powerful revelation 
of the one who is our constant provision. Child of God, remember that our God can supply and desires to provide all our needs. People get into trouble in this world by drinking from the wrong fountain, from trusting in the wrong source, looking for answers and things that that are false hopes. False hopes. One man wrote about false hopes. Nothing gives you more false hope than the first day of a diet. And you know, this world abounds with false hopes, false promises, and people by the scores are swayed by them. But friend, you know, our purpose and our provision, our significance, our security, our satisfaction is not found in all these things of the world, but it's found in the Lord. It's in Him. He's our provider and He's our provision. And here's Jehovah Jireh. What a story. God had asked Abraham, to sacrifice his son. The son he waited for all those years. The son for 25 years. He had believed God for him. They were childless and they couldn't have a son. The miracle child. And now God says, offer him to me. Don't get too bound with God's blessings that you miss out on God. Don't ever put God's blessings ahead of God. Another sermon for another day, but it needs to be addressed. And God asked Abraham to go sacrifice his son. The son whom he loved. Now, all the promises that God had given Abraham were to be fulfilled in and through Isaac, his son. But Abraham obeyed. And when Abraham obeyed, remember, it's on the mountain of the Lord, you get provision. Some people are looking for provision, but you're not in the mountain of the Lord. Some are looking for the breakthrough, but first you've got to be where God's called you to be, doing what God's called you to do before you can expect breakthrough to come. Isn't that right? Come on, let's say amen. Now, Abraham found as he obeyed, he found in his hour of faith's hardest trial. He found a tower of refuge. He found a place of strength in Jehovah Jireh. Knowing that name, understanding this part of God's heart and God's character gives you and I a great peace in life. I don't know about you. Older I get, I thought you see a lot, but you find out there's a lot you haven't seen yet. There's things you haven't gone through yet. Never been this way before. You begin to think of certain things you begin to see on the horizon that you're going to have to deal with and you're going to have to face down the road. There's a lot of times. We haven't been this way before. But those of us that know the Lord have this revelation that God has said, I'm not out there somewhere just watching you and observing you with a scorecard. I want you to know I'll walk with you and I'm by your side and I will see to it. If you obey me and you walk faithfully before me, Abram, I'll see to it. I'll provide what you need. It might just mean strength. It might just mean a good night's sleep. I want someone to know that Jesus desires to give you a good night's sleep. The devil is the one that robs, steals, and destroys. He tries to take away sleep and rest. And that's why we're restless and we're anxious and we're exalted. But oh, somebody, if you look to the Lord and ask Him to fulfill His Word, He's going to give you a good night's sleep. You're going to have a peace. You're going to have a rest in Jesus' name. This is a beautiful name of the Lord, for it reveals to us something of the character of God, where God says, if you'll do your part and obey Me, you can walk through life knowing this 
I will see to it. I will see to the things you can't see to. I will provide the things you cannot provide on your own. I will not just be watching you, but I will be partaking and participating in your life. I'm not just someone that observes you. I'm someone that wants to enter into your life and I'll do the things for you that you cannot do because I am Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider. I am the one that sees you and I am the one that loves you and I am the one that will make a way for you. Verse 8, they're on their way. See, Isaac, probably a young teen, maybe even a mid-teen at this time. God says, Abraham, go sacrifice that son. The one you love. The only one you and Sarah have. And they're on their way there and no one knows. You know, sometimes you go through things and even those closest to you don't know. Isaac didn't know what was going on. The wife didn't know what was going on. And Abraham's walking. And finally, Isaac says, Dad, where, where's the lamb? We, we've got the wood. We've got the fire. Where's the lamb? In verse 8, Abraham answered, The Lord will provide. The Lord will see to it. The Lord will see to it. God will see to it. And this, of course, is not an excuse for any of us to live carelessly or irresponsibly. But it should give us great cause and great reason to be steady, content, confident when we have to walk the hard paths of life. In the unavoidable places, He sees and He will see to it. Some paths you and I cannot avoid. But when we have to travel such roads, we can rely on our Jehovah Jireh, our God who sees and our God who provides. His eye is on the righteous and His ears are always open to our prayers. His eye is on the sparrow. Praise God. And I know He watches over me and He watches over you. So in verse 8, when Abraham, when he says this to Isaac, the, the, the Lord will provide, the Lord will see. Abraham was declaring that God had all things under control. And he would provide what is needed at the right time. And we know it happened, didn't we? We know it happened. They climbed on together. They built the altar. They laid out the wood. They put on the fire. Then he bounds up his son, puts him there, lays him on the altar. And just when he's ready to lay down that knife, at that very moment, God intervened. And God says, don't touch the boy. Now I know you fear me more than anything else. And there Abraham saw, right in the bushes there, a ram was caught. And he took that ram and God provided. God saw to it, didn't he? God saw to it. How many times in our lives the deadline was drawing near and we didn't know what was going to happen, but God saw to it. The situation looked really dark and we really didn't have anywhere to turn that could help us, but God saw to it. How many times do we go through things and it seems like the enemy's lies are going to come to pass and everything that he's messing with our brains about is going to come true, but God comes through and God sees to it and He does what he, no one else can do. He's our Jehovah Jireh. Abraham names the place, verse 14, he names the place the Lord will see to it. After the whole victory, after God came through, and he says God will see to it. Indeed, God did see to Abraham's problem, and he reflects on this. 
after this whole story is over. And he understands that one of the parts of God's abiding character is that he is the God that sees our problems. And at his time and his way, he meets our needs. Jesus said of earthly fathers, we'll do such and such. How much more, your heavenly father. If earthly fathers will be so caring and compassionate. Just think of our great salvation. God saw to it. He provided for our problem of sin. He saw our need. He saw our dilemma. God who saw us provided a Savior for us. The Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes shall not perish, but have eternal life. We learn from this story that our faith will be tested. We will be forced to go through trials and hard places, sometimes lonely places, things that we can't avoid, things we sometimes cannot explain, but we must go through. But when we do, this name reminds us that the Lord sees. I want you to know this morning He sees every battle. He sees every bruise. He sees every burden. And He provides what we need when we need it to get through it. The Lord will see to it. That's His desire. That's His promise. That's His name. We note in this story, as Abraham faces this place, he faces it alone. Who could he depend on in that moment of great trial? He couldn't depend on the wife. He's back home. They left the servants. He, some things you just have to face alone. But you're never alone when you walk with Jesus. He couldn't rely on his emotion. He had no emotion. His heart had to be broken. His heart had to be torn when you think of what God was asking him to do. But he depended simply and trusted simply on the clear promise and provision and character of his God. And I believe the Lord would try to take his people as you grow in God, as you grow up in God. We become less motivated by the stimuli and by the emotional thing. I'm saved today because I'm happy. Um, God's now, I'm not too sure if God's real because I'm sad. God wants to take us to a place of greater maturity and greater stability where we don't have to have all the props. And it's not always something that needs 25 um, confirmations and fleeces and the emotional sensation. But we simply can hear His voice, know His Word, walk in His will. I read the other day about um, part of the biography. Oh, what's his name? What's his name? Mr. Rogers. Remember Mr. Rogers? I never watched it a lot, but I know Mr. Rogers. One of the paragraphs from his story was this. When he was um, a local television guy, he had a great um, opportunity, he thought. He went through what he thought would be his big breakthrough when a major network asked to meet him and discuss the possibility of taking his show from being just a local show and syndicating it on, on the major networks. And one of the execs, when they were having this meeting, said, what kind of costume will you be wearing? Mr. Rogers told the man that he really didn't need a funny costume to communicate with children. Hang on to this, because I know a lot of Christians, if God's not wearing a costume, they can't stay saved. They, you know, they're not, oh, come on, say Amen. Say ouch, but go ahead and get the point. Mr. Rogers told the man he didn't need a funny costume to communicate with children. The network people disagreed, insisting that anyone hosting a children's show must have a costume. So the meeting ended, and the network decided to pass on the opportunity. Obviously, it was a huge mistake. 
PBS picked up the show. Children's television was never the same. It was most, one of the most popular children's shows ever. And in the same way, as I read that, I said how our Father in heaven wants to communicate with his children without the funny costumes, without the need for all the sensation, the goosebumps and the signs and all the props. God wants us to know him and trust him to such a degree. And this is part of why we study the names. We pray and ask about things that, that, that we don't need to. That's his name. End of story. That's his will. Believe it. Walk in it. But just the clear communication from this book. And we'll believe it. And we'll trust it. And we'll obey it. And like Abraham, we will know that the Lord sees and the Lord will see to it. Blessed be his name. Can you say amen? El Shaddai, Almighty God, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, the one that sees and meets our needs. And finally, last but not least, Jehovah M. Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies. Turn with me, if you would, to Leviticus 20, verses 6 through 8. Leviticus 20, verses 6 through 8. I like the way the New American Standard says this. Our main verses are 7 and 8, but as I read it and I saw verse 6, I said, let's throw that out there just in case. You never know what's sitting in the pew. Amen. As for the person who turns to mediums and to spiritists, play the harlot after them, I will also set my face against that person and cut them off from among my people. We don't need a lot. You don't have to go too deep with that. You don't need a lot of college to understand that. God says, if you're met with any kind of witchcraft or hocus pocus or horoscopes, God says, I'm against you and I will deal with you. God's very clear in how he stands. Isn't that right? Anyone can understand that. If you can read, you can understand that. Isn't it true? You don't got to dig into the Hebrew. You don't got to go into any kind of Latin. You don't need any of that. God says, if you are messing with this, I'm going to mess with you. Because I'm against that. Because that's against me. Amen? All right. Let's get to verse 7 now. You shall consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy. For I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my statutes and practice them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Jehovah M. Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies us. Remember, the, the, the names of God are revealing His will to us, or are revealing His character to us, who He is, and what He desires to be to us, what we should expect from Him, how we can please Him, so this is the Lord who makes us holy, who sanctifies us and sets us apart. You see, the book of Leviticus is a book of the walk and the worship of a people already saved, already redeemed. He redeemed them out of Egypt. And now he's teaching them how they can walk with him and how they can properly worship him. It sets forth the holy way in which a people already redeemed should walk worthy of their calling. This name greatly expresses God's character, His will, and His requirements for His people. And knowing this should assist us in at least three ways. Number one, it instructs us. It instructs us concerning the God we serve. God is holy. This is unchanging, and this is eternal. This has nothing to do with what generation you're from. The God of the Bible, the God that sent His only begotten Son, is a holy God. 
He's separate from all other. His character, His will, and His standard is holy. His attributes, pure, perfect. He's separate from creation. He's exalted above creation. He's a holy God. It's the most emphasized of all His attributes in heaven. They're not singing love, love, love. They're, they're, not, they're saying holy, holy, worthy, worthy. Number one, it instructs us. Number two, it should inspire us. Because this promise name comes with a promise. He says, I will make you holy. God not only saves us and positions us, but then He also enables us to live holy. So when I understand this name of God, if this is God's name that He's revealing to me, He's saying, this is who I am, and this is what you can expect from me. I get encouraged by this name because it tells me God desires to make me holy and to help me live the life He's called me to live. So this encourages me. That says God's going to help me live this life. God's going to help me overcome things that might be tripping me up. This God, again, in His name, He's revealing who He is and what He desires to be. I'm a Savior because I want to save you. I'm a banner because I desire to go before you. I am peace because I want to give you my peace. And he's saying here, I'm holy. Because I want you to share in my holiness. And be able to walk sanctified and overcome and have victory. This name encourages me that God will work with me. And God's committed to me to help me grow and to help me to mature and to help me change into the image of His Son. But not only does it instruct me and inspire me, it influences me. It tells me this is how I ought to carry myself if I call myself one of His. We are different as Christians. We should never be ashamed of that. We are different and we are expected to live different. The Bible teaches us that. First Peter says, be holy because I'm holy. He desires us to live that. Where we're not, we're not like the world. We're called to properly represent our God and our King. I just this last week, as the game is coming up, I watched some interviews. Watched an interview just a couple days ago with Terry Bradshaw. Remember Terry Bradshaw? Big Jim, you went to his college, didn't you? Terry Bradshaw, Super Bowl winner four times. And the interviewer said, listen, you, you seem to be a fun guy, cutting up guy. How, were, you, were, you, were, you, were you getting a lot of trouble when you were playing? And he goes, no, no. He goes, I was pretty much always afraid of disappointing someone. He says, so I pretty much towed the line. And in fact, he's from Louisiana. And he said, in fact, the last thing my daddy said to me, I was pulling out of the driveway to go to my first training camp in Pittsburgh. He said, now, son, you go up there and you have fun with this football. You enjoy your career, come back home, and we'll get on with life. He said, but don't you ever forget, you have my name. Don't you ever do anything, son, that tarnishes that name. Now go enjoy yourself with this football. You know, the Lord says to those that call themselves Christians, you carry my name. And if you carry my name, I expect you to carry it properly. I expect you to represent me properly. Don't call yourself a Christian if you're not one. Don't call yourself a Christian if you're not living like one. But if you call yourself a Christian, you carry it as a badge of honor and you remember who you represent every day of your life. I belong to Jesus, so I'm going to live for Jesus and I'm going to do what pleases Jesus and I want to make sure I properly represent the one that's done so much for me. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. All right. name of the Lord is strong tower. The righteous run to it. And they are saved. 
We're studying the names of the Lord simply because in God's names, He's teaching us, He's encouraging us, He's revealing Himself to us, but He's also communicating, this is what I want to be for you. This is what you can expect from me. And we've gone through and we've studied and we looked at, what we look at? So we looked at the Lord is our banner. The Lord is our banner. He'll go before us. The Lord is our peace. Peace be still. Go ahead and get peace. The Lord is our healer. That's His name. Don't ever question it. Just believe it and just receive it. Just expect it. He's the Almighty God. That means there's nothing too hard for Him. If He made the promise, He'll bring it to pass. If He gave you the promise, even if it's in a long time waiting, Abraham, don't doubt me. You just walk blameless before me. Just keep walking, trusting, believing. I'll bring it to pass in my time and in my way. He is um, Jehovah Jireh. He'll provide this. He'll seize. He sees. He sees your need this morning. He knows your situation. And God says, if you'll trust me and you'll walk with me and you'll be where you're supposed to be, I'll see to it. And I'll do what no one else can do for you. And lastly, he says, I'm holy. I'm holy. Stay away from witchcraft. Stay away from darkness. Stay away from those horoscopes. Stay away from ungodliness. Live right. You represent me. Can you say amen? As I pray our final prayer, I'm going to bless the picnic. So when they get there, they don't have to wait. They can dig in. But I still want to allow people to come and pray at this altar as I never like to rush that. I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite you. If you want prayer, please come and we'll believe God with you. If you just want to come and pray or praise, then just come down and seek the Lord. God wants to touch His people. God wants to fill His people. God wants to um, um, encourage His people. His names reveal His love and His desire and His willingness. So if you need that touch, come down and let Him touch you. If you're thirsty for more of God, come down and let Him fill you. If you just flat out love Jesus, just want to spend a couple of minutes just praising Him and just seeking Him, go ahead and do that. And let's believe. Okay, stand with me please as we close in our prayer. Hallelujah. Oh God, we love You. We thank You, Lord. We thank You, Lord. We thank You, Lord. We thank You that You're willing. We thank You that You're able. We thank You that nothing's too hard for You. We thank You, Lord. You're our banner. You're going to go before us. You're going to fight the battle. You're going to see to it, Lord. You're going to see to it. We're going to do our part, Lord, to walk right and believe You. But we thank You in advance. You will see to it. You will provide. You will make things happen. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You for the revelations of Your various names so that we can know more about You so we can expect, so we can be confident that You will be and You will do what Your name declares. Lord, Your name is Savior, so save someone today. If there's someone here that they're not saved, they haven't given their life to Jesus, oh Lord, be their Savior. Draw them. Speak to them. You're a healer. Your name declares that. So Lord, heal someone today. Free someone today from that pain. Free someone today from that restlessness that torments them at night. Free someone today. The thing that comes and goes, comes and goes. Let it go and never return. Father, as we draw near and as we praise your holy name, 
touch your people. Father, release the working of your mighty power as we gather at this altar and call on your name. In Jesus' name and all God's people. Lord, I pray, bless the food, bless the fellowship, bless the picnic. Let there be joy and gladness and sweet fellowship among the people of God. But, oh God, right now, let your power flow and at last be touched from the hand of God. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, let's worship the Lord, let's pray, let's believe, let's trust God. Let's 